Well, I felt like uh, last Sunday that we ended on a good high note on real faith and that we should begin a new series this morning. Go with me to Exodus, the 15th chapter. In Exodus 15, 26, Exodus 15 and 26, he said, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and will do that which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Praise God. I am the Lord that healeth thee. Now this phrase, if you look up the words, it's the word for Jehovah, or actually it's pronounced Y, Yahovah, and other, there's other pronunciations than that. Even scholars disagree. But we say Jehovah. And the word healeth is the word Rapha, or Rophe, depending on who you're reading after. But it literally means Jehovah is the self-existent eternal one. Hallelujah. He's not dependent on anybody else for his existence. And he has existed from eternity past through eternity future. Something our brain can't even wrap around yet. But he is the self-existent eternal one. And Rapha means the one who mends you or cures you. Hallelujah. It's translated heal, healer, physician, cure, mend. He is, and this is one of the names of God revealed in Scripture. I am Jehovah Rapha. He also said, he said, I am Jehovah Shalom, your peace. I am Jehovah Sidkenu, your righteousness. I am Jehovah Nisi, your victory. Nobody has a right to take any one of these names where he said, I am, and say, no, he was. Is he still the Lord who is with us? Is he still the Lord our peace? the Lord our victory, the Lord our righteousness, then why wouldn't he still be the Lord our healer? He is. I said he is and he always will be the Lord our healer. That's the name of the series. The Lord my healer. Hallelujah. Do you know all there is to know about this? Or would you... uh, Would you hear it again? Maybe hear something you hadn't heard before. Right? No maybe about it. The Lord my healer. Don't you like saying it? Don't you like saying it? Come on, say it out loud. The Lord my healer. If you believe that he's your peace, you ought to believe he's your healer. Same Bible, same word construction, 
Just one of his other names. If you believe he's your righteousness. If you believe he's your shepherd. If you believe he's the Lord who's always with you. The Lord who's there. Nobody has a right to take any one of these self-existent eternal Jehovah names. And say that was for a season. If you're going to take one of them and say, well, he used to heal. He did some things in the Old Testament. He did some miracles with Jesus and there were some special things in Acts. But all that's passed away. Well, then how do you know the Lord who is with us hasn't passed away? How do you know the Lord our peace hasn't passed away? How can you take one and say that's not, that doesn't apply? That's not for everybody. No, he always has been. He always will be. Amen. He is right now. Amen. Jehovah, Jehovah. Rapha, Rapha, the Lord who heals you. Amen. Oh, somebody say the Lord. The Lord. My, My healer. Glory to God. The Amplified says, I am the Lord who heals you. The uh, New American Standard says, for I, the Lord, am your healer. The Young's Literal says, for I, Jehovah, am healing thee. I, Jehovah, am healing thee. You know, you can get healed right now. (laughs) It's right here. I, Jehovah, am healing thee. That's not something I said. That's not something you said. That's something he said. Centuries ago. That was true before he said it. It's true right now. It'll be true throughout the ages to come. I Jehovah. Am healing you. The complete Jewish Bible says. I am Adonai. Your healer. The CEV says. I am the Lord your God. And I cure your diseases. I am the Lord your God. And I cure your diseases. Why shouldn't we accept this? Why should we question this? Why should we make exceptions for this? Why shouldn't we just receive it? And say this is God's word. And God's word is God speaking to me. And he was the Lord that heals them. And he never changes. So he is. The Lord who heals me. He never said I was. He's not I will be. He is I am. I am. He's always I am. The self-existent eternal one who cures you. Who mends you. Who makes you whole. Your physician. Praise be to God. Oh somebody say praise be to God. Now, uh, Jeremiah 8.22 says this. Jeremiah 8.22 says, Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is not the help of the daughter of my people recovered? This is a revelation. Just because we have a healer, the healer, doesn't mean we're automatically healed. 
He's saying, is there no balm? Balm would be healing ointment. Is there no physician? In other words, my people, they don't have a physician. My people don't have a healer. My people don't have healing. The answer obviously is, yes, they do. Yes, there is balm in Gilead. Yes, there is a physician. How many believe the great physician has always been there? Will always be there. Well, if he's there and his healing is with him, why is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? That's a good question. Why not? They should be. She should be. His people should be healed because he's the healer. Y'all with me? Well, to begin to answer the question, uh, we're there in Jeremiah 8, just in the 17th chapter, just a few pages over. In the 17th chapter, verse 14, he said, heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for you are my praise. Said out loud, heal me, heal me. O Lord. O Lord. And I shall be healed. Save me, O Lord, and I shall be saved. Why would you say it like this? They are the same. These phrases are interconnected. And they are the same. They're from the same source. They're based on the same provision and, and according to the same will, and they receive the same way. It has been changed in recent times. Now, when I say recent times, I mean the last few centuries. Because to God, that's recent. I mean, if it changed within the last thousand years, to Him, it changed within a day, which is recent. But from the beginning, it was not that way. Multitudes of church-going people now, all across this country, all across the world, you could not shake them believing that God is the Savior, Jesus is Savior, and that it is His will for everybody to be saved. Oh, I mean, they're adamant about it. They're solid on it. But if you bring up healing, that's a completely different subject as far as they're concerned And it's not. It has never been. It's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be. We're supposed to be just as solid on that as we are the new birth. But most people are not. Because they hadn't heard it. they, They haven't heard it as part and parcel of the gospel. Or they've actually been, it's been preached against. Uh, A famous uh, evangelist a number of years ago, this would would have gone back 50 some years ago, he made this statement. He said, in going to countries and places where people have never heard the gospel, he said, if I can get to people before they've ever heard anything, and when I preach to them the gospel, I tell them not only that Jesus is the Savior, but he's also the healer. That when they come to receive Jesus as Savior, they get healed too. Same time. Nobody told them they couldn't. Nobody told them it might not be God's will. Nobody told them it had passed away and was dispensational. 
Nobody told them that was just special with the apostles. And when the last apostle died, all that ceased. Nobody had got to them and told them, well, Jesus just did that to prove his sovereignty. But that's not for everybody nowadays. Nobody had got to them and told them the age of miracles is past. Sorry. Might not be God's will to heal you. They've never heard any of that. So they didn't believe any of that. They'd never heard about Jesus, period. A lot of them had been involved in all kind of idol worship, witchcraft, and other kind of junk. But they heard about Jesus. He went to the cross. He took your sins. He bore your sicknesses. He carried your pains. Hallelujah. He was raised from the dead for your justification. And by his stripes you were healed. He said when the people come, they get saved and healed. They don't know any better. Thank God. I said, thank God. Well, (laughs) then we need mind renewal to undo the stuff that tradition has done on the church for these hundreds of years. Telling people, no, now that's different. That's different. It it might not be God's will to heal you. We just don't know. No, say it out loud. Heal me me. and I'll be healed. healed. Save me me. and I'll be saved. saved. You are my praise. praise. They are the same. They are the same. They're based on the same work of redemption. They're based on the same will and plan of God. Look in Psalm 103. Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Plural. Everybody say benefits. Didn't say don't forget his benefit. It didn't say don't forget his benefit. That's one of the reasons I I talk like I do. I say equipments. Houses. Buildings. Lands. Why? Because God is a God of benefits. Now, folks are laughing, but to hear some folk preach, there's one benefit. You get saved, you miss hell, you go to heaven. Now, thank God, if that was the only benefit there was, it'd be worth going that way. But it's not the only benefit. And two amens and a grunt. It's, it's not the only benefit. Do you believe? There are more, there's more than one Benefit, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now, if he said benefits, you'd know there's more than one. But when he says all his benefits, you know there's there's several. There's multiple benefits. And then he kicks off and starts listing some of them. Verse 3, benefit number one. Who forgives all your iniquities. But it might not be his will to heal you. That's men's idea. Trying to explain why way back hundreds of years ago. 
And longer than that, I should say longer than that, somebody prayed for somebody and they didn't get healed. Why not? Well, somebody came up with the idea, it must not have been God's will. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Any more than you should come to the conclusion, somebody came to the altar, but didn't receive Jesus and didn't get born again, so we conclude it must not have been God's will to save them. Truth is not relative. Truth is not subjective. Have you heard the phrase, my truth? My truth and your truth. It's a popular phrase among some circles. It's a despicable phrase. People say, well, that's my truth. (laughs) You have to go with your truth. And I have to go with my truth. Well, what they're saying is truth is relative. Truth is based on your perception of it. Or your experience of it. Well, that's my truth. No, honey child. Truth is truth. (laughs) It is unchanging. It is eternal. It's truth whether you see it or not. It's truth whether you believe it or not. It's true whether you receive it or not. Oh, somebody say truth Truth. is unchanging. Truth Truth is forever. Hallelujah. (laughs) It's one of the most wonderful things about this Christian life is that there's never going to come down from heaven version (laughs) 2.0. Sorry, guys. It's been a couple of thousand years. A lot has changed. Sending you an update. Receive. Get ready. Uh Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Because truth doesn't need to be updated. It was perfect when it came out. Hallelujah. And the truth is, he has always been and is and always will be the Savior. And he has always been and is and always will be the healer. Hallelujah. The healer. And that truth is is not based on who got healed or who didn't get healed or who thinks it's right or who doesn't think it's right. It's independent of all of that. It looms like a mountain, hallelujah, over all the passing generations of humanity. It was true. It is true. It'll always be true. I am the Lord that heals you. Oh, hallelujah. Smart ones will receive it. Smart ones will lay hold and believe it and not be moved by anything they see or feel. To the contrary. Foolish ones will debate it, scoff it, and say things like, well, that's not my truth. (laughs) Truth is truth, whether you believe it or not. It's not subjective, it's not relative. It is eternal. 
Glory to God. That just does something for my spirit, friend. I mean, I just, in this world full of flip flop <laughs> and things changing from morning to afternoon, it is so wonderful to build your house on a solid rock. Hallelujah. And no matter how much the wind blows and the rain pours and the flood beats, when you're founded on the rock, you will not be moved. Hallelujah. You won't be moved because truth is truth. Truth is truth. I trust any of you that have been with us for any length of time that this is true. And that if you're just with us today, you could still get it. If I fell out dead right here, two seconds later, and somebody said, Brother Keith died from a bad sickness. I didn't say it was going to happen. If I did, does that change the truth of God being the healer? If some way or another I missed out on God's full provision, I didn't live a long, full life. Does that change the truth? But do people base their beliefs on what happens to folks? That's foolish. Foolish. Ignorant. This book was here a long time before I got here. Right? Long, long time. And the author was here a long, long, long time before the book got here. No. You don't base your belief in the new birth and salvation on who does or does not get born again. Do you? Do you? Nor do you base your belief in God being the healer on who does or does not get healed. He is. Jehovah. Rapha. Always has been. Always will be the healer God. Hallelujah. He's the saving God and he's the healing God. Save me and I'll be saved. Heal me and I'll be healed. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Mucho benefits. (laughs) Many benefits and big benefits somebody say glory to God glory to God glory to God benefit number one come on help me out benefit number one who forgives all you're how many how many what if somebody told you well now I just don't accept that you know I know God does he forgives some iniquities but it's not always his will to forgive iniquities. Some iniquities. For some reason we don't know why. But he's doing something. It's, it's, we just don't understand why. But sometimes. It's not his will to forgive. All iniquities. See you don't accept that for a minute. No. Do you? No. Well why would you accept that on the next part? He forgives. All your iniquities. Same Bible. Same verse says. Who heals all 
your diseases. Why would I treat that any different from the first part of the verse? Same verse. Same God. Same verse. Who heals what? Yeah, but Brother Keith, oh, it's obvious everybody's not healed. It's just as obvious everybody's not saved. Right? (laughs) Everybody don't get healed. We all know that. Everybody don't get saved either. It doesn't change the truth. The truth. Oh, somebody say, thank God for the truth. Thank God for the truth. Tell me what the truth will do for you, brother and sister. John 8, 31, what did he say? Jesus said to those that believed on him, if you continue in my word, and John 17, 17, he said, thy word is truth. So you can say it like that. If you continue in my truth, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Glory to God. Free. If you continue in the truth, which is why the devil will fight you so hard to get you out of the truth, to get you to compromise and talk about my truth and your truth and relative and subjective. No, no, no. If it's relative, it ain't truth. The truth stands on its own. Whether you believe it or not, it's true, still true. Oh, friend, there's something that happened to you when this dawns on your spirit the way it can. It'll be an anchor to your soul. You will get to the place where nothing can move you. I don't care how smart somebody thinks they are or what argument somebody has. When you've gotten a hold of the truth, all the other stuff, you are impervious to it. You are unmoved by it. You'll know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Glory to God. Has the truth made you free from the fear of hell and the fear of judgment in eternity? Has it made you free? Come on, has it made you free from the feelings of inferiority and being rejected, knowing I'm accepted in the beloved? Hallelujah. I'm part of the family. Well, it can make you free from the fear of death. It can make you free from the fear of disease. It can make you free from the fear of weakness because the same Bible tells you the truth that he is your healer. Go back to the benefits. Go back to the benefits. Psalm 103. Benefit number one. Come on, help me out. He forgives. How many? A-L-L friend of mine, well this has been about 30 years ago, we were young students in the Word of God and uh, he was very studious particularly in languages and uh, he came and told me one day, he said I did a study on that word all. He said I looked it up in the Hebrew, I looked it up in the Greek, I looked it up in the Aramaic, I looked it up in the Chaldean and he just went on and on and he said if you study and you go back to the etymological roots of, of the, also the, the Aramaic, the Chaldean, the Hebrew, the Greek. He said, what this word that's translated from those languages into English, A-L-L. What it really means is all. 
He said, that's what it really means. <laughs> All means everything included, nothing excluded. What does that mean? All iniquities are included. No iniquities are excluded. How many believe? I mean, you are not even having to struggle with believing that God forgives all iniquities. Come on, how many, how many would say, I, I'm not even struggling with that? He forgives all iniquities. Why would you struggle with him healing all diseases? Why? Why is that any different? I'll tell you why it's different. It is different. People struggle with this when they don't struggle with the other. Why? Because you hadn't been taught that all your life. Many people were taught God can heal if it's his will. That's what most people were taught. He could if it's his will. Well, it is his will. And he can. <laughs> Hallelujah. He forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. Keep going. He redeems your life from destruction. Another benefit. Hallelujah. Protection is a benefit. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Man, what does that cover? That covers you getting all kind of stuff you don't deserve at all. You're getting to have and enjoy and do all kinds of stuff that you didn't deserve. It's just mercy. It's just loving kindness. He satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Don't forget that benefit. Don't forget that benefit. Hallelujah. I mean, that sounds like getting 60 or 70 or so and catching a new gear. Something happening to you. You're getting revitalized, renewed, and people going, what happened to you? What happened to you? You go, Psalm 103.5. What treatments you been getting, Psalm 103? I got the full 103. Man, you look it. Yes, I did. <laughs> My youth is renewed. Hallelujah. Like the eagles. Oh, somebody say praise God. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. The truth is. Somebody say the truth. Just because somebody says something's true does not make it true. We've got to discern between what people call truth and what actually is truth. Truth is not relative. Truth doesn't change. It's not subjective. Look in Matthew 18. Something's happening in your spirit. Doubt. Is getting pushed out. I said doubt. Is getting pushed out. Wavering. Is getting removed. You believe it? And what remains is. Rock solid faith. In rock solid truth. 
that doesn't change, that doesn't vary. Not going to happen by the grace of God. But if I backslid and just went crazy, (laughs) ran off and did stupid stuff, does that mean God's not real? Does that mean the Lord doesn't say salvation is not real? New birth is not real? Doesn't mean any such of a thing. It means Keith went crazy. (laughs) What's that got to do with the eternal truth of God? And who he is? Come on, can you see this? You need to know God well enough for yourself. That no matter what anybody else does, you know in whom you have believed. And you're persuaded that he's able to keep you. Because there's a lot of folks doing a lot of crazy stuff down here. And there's a lot of people who get in church and they jump out of church. They jump in the ministry and they jump out of the ministry. And depends on which day you catch them as to what they believe and who they are and what they're doing. And if you base your life on them, you're going to be in. You're going to be out. You're going to be up. You're going to be down. You're not going to know where you are. That's not truth. And that's not God. That's them. I said that's them. Truth is the truth. No matter what anybody does. Matthew 18. Here's the truth. Verse 14. He said even so. It is not the will of your father. Which is in heaven. That one of these little ones. Should perish. How many is it God's will. For them to perish. Not a one. It's his will for all. To be saved, all to be forgiven of all their iniquities, all to be healed of all their diseases. Somebody say all, all, all. But are all saved? Obviously not. Have all received forgiveness for all their mistakes and iniquities? No, they haven't. Have all been healed? Obviously not. But you don't determine truth by looking at other people's lives. That's not how you determine truth. It's not the will of your Father, which is in heaven. Jesus said this, that a one of these little ones should perish. Look in 2 Peter 3.9. 2 Peter 3.9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. But he's long-suffering toward us. Again, it's us. We're not waiting on him. Long-suffering means you're tolerant and you're patient. You're waiting on. We're not waiting on him. He's long-suffering to us. Not willing what? That any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The key is with us. And repentance means change. You change from being stubborn, you change from not listening and not believing and not receiving. You humble yourself and you begin to believe. You humble yourself and submit to his lordship. You humble yourself and believe and receive his word and obey him and act on his word. That's the key. The change lies with us, not with him. He doesn't need to change. 
Somebody said out loud, he's not willing. That any should perish. So when people try to tell you, I don't care how many degrees they have. I don't care how they dress. They try to tell you that people perishing is somehow the mysterious plan and will of God. You reject that. Do not accept it for a moment. No perishing of people on this planet is happening according to the will of God. Not a one. Not whether you're perishing spiritually or perishing mentally or emotionally or perishing in your marriage and your family or perishing in your body and your health or perishing in your finances or perishing in your career. None of that. No perishing. No person perishing is the will of God at all. Go with me. To uh, Psalm 86, please. Or actually, I tell, no, don't do that. You go to Isaiah 38, and they'll put this on the screen for us. Go to Isaiah 38, please, and put on the screen for us Psalm 86, 5. Psalm 86, 5. It says, For you, Lord, are good. You are what? Ready to forgive. And plenteous in mercy unto all them that call on you. Said out loud, the Lord is good. good. And he's ready. ready. (laughs) Now, do you see that this is the same language as you saw in Peter. He's long-suffering toward us. What does that mean? Not willing that any should perish. He's ready to save. As soon, you know, how many understand in your life you could have been born again before you were? How many will acknowledge? You could have been, a lot of you, you could have been born again years, decades. You had opportunity, you saw some things, but you didn't. Could you say you were waiting on God to save you? If you did, it'd be a lie. Was he ready for you? To be born again. Sins washed away. Was he ready years before you were ready? Oh yeah. He doesn't change. And here you see. Lord you are good. And you're ready to forgive. He's ready. To forgive every person on this planet. Isn't that wonderful to know. He's ready. He's ready to forgive. He's ready to cleanse. Based on what Jesus has already done. Well by the like token. He's ready to heal. He's ready to do everything. Bring everything to pass. That Jesus has bought and paid for. Now you'll see that so clearly here. In in Isaiah 38. Isaiah 38 verse 1. In those days. Was Hezekiah sick. Unto death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said to him, Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith who? The Lord. Set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. So that proves that in this case, it was God's will for him to not be healed, but to die. 
Well, the Lord said it. It does not prove that. Rest of the passage proves otherwise. The Lord said. Go back to verse 1. What did the Lord say? Set your house in order. Get your affairs together. Get ready to die. Why? Because you shall die. And not live. Now if the Lord tells you you're going to die. What's going to happen? Maybe not. <laughs> so if the Lord said you're going to die. You're going to die. Not here it didn't. That's not how this turned out. Somebody said, I thought you said God doesn't change. He doesn't. I thought you said truth is eternal and it doesn't change. It is. And it doesn't change. Guess who changed here? <laughs> Guess who changed here? It wasn't God. It wasn't his will. It wasn't his word. It wasn't him deciding, you know, well, when I talked to you this morning, I wasn't feeling much like healing. But you know, I had a good afternoon and uh, what, you know, okay, let's hear you. Is God fickle? No. Absolutely not. The Lord said, set your house in order, you're going to die. You shall die and not live. No maybes. Verse 2. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. He got real with God. <laughs> he thought, this is serious. <laughs> I'm about to die. I don't want to die. I'm too young to die. I don't want to die. So verse 3, he said, remember, Lord, I've walked before you in truth with a perfect heart. I've done what's good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. Now, it didn't tell you everything he said and did. Turning his face to the wall is a picture of turning away from everybody and everything. And you focusing completely on God and getting serious and real with him. And in his conversation with God and talking to God, some things happened in him. Some things changed in him. Come on, can you see this? Prayer doesn't change God. You can change in prayer. God doesn't change. Doesn't need to. And verse 4. Then came the word of the Lord to Isaiah saying, Go, say to Hezekiah, Thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Behold, I will add to your days 15 years. 15 years. Things have changed. Did God change? Well, the Bible said God don't change. Then what happened here? In verse 9, Hezekiah sat down and wrote some things after he had been healed. The writing of Hezekiah, king of Judah, when he had been sick and was recovered of his sickness. Verse 16, he said, O Lord, by these things men live, and in all these things is the life of my spirit, so will you recover me and make me to live. Verse 19, 
the living, he shall praise you as I do this day. The father to the children shall make known your what? Your what? What was the truth? Look at verse 20. What was the truth? I said, what was the truth? Oh, somebody ready to shout on this. What was the truth? The Lord was ready to He was ready to save him when he told the prophet to go tell him he's going to die. He was always ready to save him. Well, what's he telling him? You might say it like this. Under the present circumstances, <laughs> this is what's going to happen. You're going to die. Set stuff in order. But Hezekiah got serious with God. Spent some serious time praying and seeking God. Some changes happened in him. And I mean immediately. He tells the man of God, go back and tell him. (laughs) I heard your prayer. I saw your tears. I saw the adjustments you made in your heart. I saw the changes. I'm going to raise you up. I'm going to add to you another 15 years. And the revelation, he said, I'm going to proclaim the truth, the Father to the children. I'm going to make known your truth. Verse 20, the Lord was ready to save me. Somebody say, this is the truth. This is the truth. Everybody on the planet that's lost, the Lord's ready to save them. Come on, is that true? I don't care how mean they've been. I don't care how ugly they've been, how cruel they've been. Is the Lord right now ready? To save them. He's ready to receive them. Hallelujah. And do for them what Jesus has bought and paid for. He's, is he ready? Is he also ready? Every person on the planet that's sick with anything. I don't care if it's a toenail problem or terminal cancer. Is the Lord ready? Is he ready? Come on, is he ready? Somebody say, he's ready. He's ready. He's ready. That this way he said save here, but that's one of the big words in the Bible. If you look up like the Greek word that's translated save or salvation, it doesn't just mean save from hell. It includes healing. Sometimes it's translated healed. He was ready to save me. Save me from what? From dying with a stinking disease. He was ready to raise me up. He was ready to heal me. Somebody said he's ready to heal. He's ready. He's ready to forgive. He's ready to heal. Always. Always. Every hour of every day and every moment of every night. It wasn't God's perfect will for him to die right then, that way, with that disease. Even though he told the prophet to go tell him, you're going to die. Get ready. Because he was. But when he changed some things, he found out the Lord was ready to heal me. When he told me I was going to die. This is revelation. Come on, can you see this? This is revelation. Look what else. The Lord was ready to save me. Therefore, we'll sing my songs to stringed instruments all the days of our life in the house of the Lord. He said, I got at least another 15 years and uh, we're going to sing and praise God, all of them. (laughs) I would think that's a good use of your healing, right? He said, there's going to be some music around here, praising God all the time. Verse 21, for Isaiah had said, let them take a lump of figs and lay it for a plaster upon the boil and he shall recover. 
Really? This passage just turns a bunch of people's ideas on its head. But you know the truth does that to incorrect theories. Well, this is a natural assist. And it didn't just come from somebody in the in the palace. It came from the prophet. He obviously got this from the Lord. Take a lump of figs, make a plaster, put it on the boil. Well, why do you need to do that? And he shall recover. People struggle so between medicine and faith for healing. And you shouldn't. I said you shouldn't. You know, Jesus on one occasion, he spit and made mud and put it in the man's eyes. That's something natural. Why do that? Why was that necessary? It's not uncommon for there to be a natural and a spiritual working together. Now you need to pray and be led about everything you do. Don't just do anything and everything that somebody says you should do to your body. Doctors and nurses, we're thankful for them. But they're just men and women too. And they don't know everything. But there are a lot of natural things that can help you. A lot of folks wouldn't be here today, right? If it hadn't been for being helped through the medical profession. But here's something that people have completely turned around. I had somebody tell me one time, you know, I was talking about praying with somebody that was in the hospital. They said, yeah, you know, we appreciate that. Prayer can be a help to medicine. And something rose up in me and I thought, uh-uh. You got it backwards. I didn't tell them that. I didn't think they'd receive it. But I'll tell you. That's completely backwards. Because doctors don't heal people. Nurses don't heal people. Surgeries don't heal people. Come in there listening to me. You can have the best surgeon in the world. He can go in and do a perfect surgery on you. That didn't heal you. Now you got to heal. We're thankful for that. Don't you misunderstand me. I have great respect for this field. I believe people can be called to be a doctor, to be a nurse, to be an assistant, just like I'm called to preach. I believe you can be anointed. You can have the gifts of the Spirit. But all of those things are a natural helps to the healer. If the healer doesn't work healing, I don't care what you do in the natural, it's not going to make any difference. Men don't heal. But at the same time, we don't have to labor and think, well, if I'm going to believe God, I I can't use any medicine, I can't use any ointment, I can't. Here he told him to. He told him to. And whether there was actual medicinal quality in that, or whether God created some in it, or whether it was a point of contact, I don't know what it was. But I know this, it worked. Isn't that the main thing? The devil 
has heaped condemnation on people in our camp. You know, if you have symptoms, if you're using medicine or medical help. But that's a lie. It's a trick of the devil. We shouldn't be condemned that we've got symptoms or feel like we need some natural help. We should be thrilled that healing belongs to us. We should be excited and thrilled that we have a healer who never changes. Can you say amen? Somebody say, I have a healer. I have the healer. The healer. Glory to God. And you know, nothing works. Let's say you're going you're gonna to take some medicine or you're going to do a procedure. Nothing works like it should unless you mix faith with it. You can take a natural thing that would have a marginal effect and mix some faith with it and increase its effect tenfold or more. It's not an either or. Now if the Lord checks you and deals with you don't do that. Well then don't do that. But every situation you just check your heart. But when he says get you a plaster and put on that boil. What do you do? I don't use means. I'm just going to trust God. Trust God or die. We can figure out what's going to happen to you. You're already talking about dying. Trust God or die. You better listen to God and live. Listen to God, believe what He said, and put the plaster on. (laughs) Are y'all okay? This might have been a little different than what we were thinking, but oh, somebody say, Praise God! Praise God! God. My healer forever. Unchanging. Unchanging. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Never let anybody or anything tell you it's not God's will to heal you or not God's will to heal you yet. Regardless of what you have experienced, He was ready. He is ready. He does not change. All the changes happen with us. Stand on your feet if you would. Lift up your hands. Let's lift up our voices to the Lord. Oh, Father, we worship you. Oh, Father, we give you glory. Oh, Father, we honor you. We magnify your holy name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.